0: Welcome, everybody. Thank you again for joining us for Weekly Roundup with Ricky. This is the 20th episode, and I am so grateful for everybody that has supported this initiative and showed interest with either being here live or listening to this after the fact on Spotify. And as you know, we've also started to upload on YouTube as well as per the request of our community. So if you prefer listening on YouTube, Since it provides you subtitles, we do have a global community. So we try to do the best we can for our community. So super excited. 20th episode, so many more to come. This is just the beginning. So super excited to get this going. So for those that do not know the purpose and intention behind this weekly roundup, as we did have a lot of new community members over the past week, I'm loving the inflow of new Leon family members, people from similar communities with similar value systems. It's been incredible. So to welcome those that are listening to this for the first time, uh, my name is Reiki and I do something of a sort of an educational slash update segment on a weekly basis. And I call this weekly roundup with Reiki. And I do this specifically on Wednesdays because it's midweek and just gets you enough motivation and excitement to get through the rest of the week. Uh, so this segment has two sections in it. I start off with our project-specific, Merleon Society-specific updates, what's happening in the project on the development side of things, and what's happening on the community side of things. And then the second aspect is I discuss Market updates. And specifically, when I talk about market updates, I do not discuss prices. I do not discuss what to buy, what to sell. What I talk about is what matters long term. I talk about development. I talk about different adoption updates that are happening all across the world. Because we do tend to live in an echo chamber in this space, and it gets very difficult for you to get a holistic idea of where the space is heading at a global level instead of just focusing on majorly the us or canada region or europe um, so we do try to take a holistic approach of the market with that being said um, again to welcome all of our new community members i want to make sure that they are, are well versed with where we stand with our project um i know a lot of uh new community members are extremely excited to learn more about what we bring to the table what we're trying to do with our innovative ecosystem um so just encouraging everybody to take a few moments to go to metaleonsociety.io it is an incredible website which is full of resources and i noticed on twitter Uh, a lot of our community members actually did a lot of great work sharing these resources with our new family members. So it's been amazing uh, welcoming new people into our community that share the same long-term mindset, value-driven attitude. Um, So if if you haven't checked out our website, it is extremely informative and I encourage you to check that out. And and then if you have any questions or community members, anybody you see with this PFP, or with a Leon PFP, just reach out or reach out to our official uh, Twitter as well. I will personally get to it and then get your question answered. Uh, I know the ecosystem is a lot to take in, so do take your time because I do believe it is worth the time investment because it helps you get set up for what's to come. And talking about what's to come, if you have been keeping an eye on our Twitter, we have been releasing a lot of incredible infographics. So if you haven't seen them yet, please check out our Twitter account. Just go to our profile, see all these wonderful uh, different um, things that our artist has worked on um, to get more information to our new community members. So we talk about everything related to Metal Society, the partnerships that we have, the the ecosystem we're building, the different aspects of the business that we're building on top of it. So things like that, that's out there. The roadmap itself is out there. So if I pop that open here and give you some highlights of this thing, let's see. Just going to pop that open. Here it is. So if you haven't checked this out again, go to our Twitter. This is all out this week. Super exciting stuff. So what have we delivered so far? Talking about quarter four of 2022, um, we launched our official rarity tool. And one of the most important things about a rarity tool is having the dual rarity system and having dynamic NFTs uh, is something that requires uh, a lot of intricate work to make sure that the rarity system works in accordance with what rarity should mean in our ecosystem. And the only thing that did justice to that idea was building our own in-house rarity system. So if you go to rarity.metaleonsociety.io, it'll take you to our rarity system. And what's important to talk about here is when you grab a Leon, and I'm gonna give some alpha here in a second as well, for those community members that are joining us from other incredible communities, um, I wanna make sure that they know that there is going to be soon an opportunity. Um, And we're gonna talk about this later in a second, but, if there's a Leon that you really like and you want to make sure that this also works well with the ecosystem that we're going to be working on in the near future, and that's also part of the roadmap. So if you haven't checked out the roadmap, please go ahead. Um, So yeah, the rarity tool helps you get that info. So make sure you check that out. It is very well designed and it's very intuitive. Searching is so fast and it's incredible. So We've dropped the rarity tool, we have dropped games and rewards, and our community has seen that change and evolve over a period of time. So we're always constantly looking for collaborations and partnerships to keep our community, uh, keep bringing value to our community and our partner communities that we value. So all the partnerships that we've built so far have been around our value system of delivering long lasting quality value. So moving on with that we've had incredible partnerships so we've done web3 collaborations with alpha calls we've provided incredible whitelist opportunity a ton of educational content and that just keeps building on and on and on and towards the end of the year to wrap up the year strong as we had promised we deliver tcfx beta platforms so what is tcfx you might ask That is the business side of MetaLeon Society. That is the actual business that is generating revenue. So the goal there is we're building Web3. It's the leading platform in Web3 for crowdfunding. So bringing tokenization and a lot of our BAP community members that have joined MetaLeon Society already understand the importance of tokenization and how big this industry is going to get. Um, according to a very most very recent research, and we shared a uh, marketing uh, we shared a marketing visual about this as well. A lot of researchers do believe that within the next decade, the tokenization industry is going to overtake the crypto industry in terms of value. Um, so we're positioned perfectly. And when I say we're positioned perfectly, we're literally right at the center of where all this innovation is happening. As you know, our two founders, Alpha Leone and Napoleon, they're based out of Switzerland. And the two countries right now in the world that have the most extensive and well laid out t- um, tokenization related, security tokenization related r- legislation are Switzerland and Singapore. So, them being in Switzerland and building these relationships, it's already setting us up with for so much success in 2023 we're we're beyond excited Uh, so I've kind of shared a little bit about the roadmap here I will leave the rest not going to go too deep into this it's already out there so please take a look if you have any questions um, please go ahead and reach out to us uh, or any community member in discord we will be more than happy to help you out Uh, moving along uh, we're talking about our initiative with uh, the BAP community. There is an incredible program talking about tokenization, and that's that's the that's the crux of what we're building. So knowing that that project loves and understands the value and pushes the value of tokenization, and bringing tokenization to communities is an incredible idea that we wholeheartedly support and that is why it's such an incredible thing to see the Leon's show up with full force and show their love and support for this incredible movement and this is all being done because the Leon family members really saw the value um, in what this partnership could bring in the future for both communities. because of the tokenization of the communities and the tokenization of crowdfunding. So it's just the perfect match. So we are going to continue to push for that. And we're extremely, extremely grateful for our BAP community partners that have not only become part of the Leon family, they're out there supporting us, uh, shouting out the things we're doing. So it's just incredible. We're loving the energy. Let's keep that going. And let's, Uh, make this happen because I think this is just one incredible long-term partnership that both communities can benefit incredibly from. Um, But that is uh, pretty much it that I had on the community side of things and the project side of things. Uh, All of the effort this week is to ensure that all of the quality information about the project is out there in a condensed form for all of our new community members uh a little bit of alpha before i move on to the market updates and talk about that aspect um if you uh, we've gotten a lot of questions from a few of our um newer community members that uh, they noticed that we're at 2000 mint and we closed out our first phase but the supply is 5000 which is absolutely correct and I've answered a few DMs, but I would like to also get this on um, recorded so that people that listen to this on Spotify or YouTube later, uh, when this is out there, uh, they can also get this update. So how we approached our Mint, was a very, uh, it was a very different approach to a lot of projects. And the whole purpose behind it was staying true to our value system. So our value system being providing long-term value and under-promising and over-delivering. So when we delivered the collection, we had sneak peeks from day one that were available to our community members. And if you ask anybody, the sneak peeks were exactly word for word what people expected, because there was so much work put into the details of each Leon, so not just the backgrounds, not just the traits, not just the 3D, 3D work that happened there. It's actually incredible how detailed the art is. And to get something like that out there, we knew that we just didn't want to completely mint out and then work on utility. We wanted to take a phase-by-phase approach for two reasons. Number one, phase one was when we delivered the rarity tool and the collection. So we stopped the mint at 2000. That's pretty much where we wanted to stop. And then phase two was going to be somewhere around when we deliver a part of the first initial phase of the roadmap, which was the actual business. So that involves the structuring of the company because, you know, securities, they can get tricky and uh, US regulations are definitely very behind on those things. So you have to be very diligent when you set up things like this. So setting up the company, getting the right paperwork, the licenses and setting up the platform so now that the platform is actually ready to go it's in its beta and we're working through the company registration and all that process in switzerland the the second mint um which is phase two we're strategically working on a plan to look at opening that up here sometime soon and again do not hesitate just stay up to date push that bell icon stay up to date on our twitter there will be a good enough. um, You will know in time. And those of you that have been around, you know how transparent the leadership at the Leon family has been since day one. Every time we'd have to make a change, we have to adapt to market conditions. Everything has been shared with the community since day one. And with consistent timing, like we've given enough time. So whenever We open up the second phase of the mint because i know the floor is extremely thin and there's probably like two percent of the leons listed and that tells you how much uh the community believes in what's being built out here so do not worry if you do not want to grab something off the floor and you want to wait and mint something fresh like they're up the opportunity is going to show up here soon because we delivered what we promised for phase two. So we're we're just strategically working on how to roll that out. So keep an eye out. We'll keep you posted on how that's going to work. And again, we're going to do the best we can to find a win-win situation. And again, it's only going to be phase two, then there's going to be a phase three, which is going to be again, aligned with the roadmap. So we're going to keep opening our mint as we keep delivering, unlike the web three trend where projects completely sell out, and then they start delivering on the promises. I feel like this could be a new norm, or I believe this should be a new norm. And we're trying to set the example. And we would like to see more and more projects adapt this model. Because I do personally, and I, Napoleon and Alpha Leon also agree that it's extremely important to deliver value as soon as possible, and as fast as possible. So if we can set that tone, and other projects follow this would be an incredible addition to web 3 which is already booming and so much innovation is happening so that's kind of my little spiel about why the mint phase one was stopped and why phase two is going to show up in phase three later on so yeah that's kind of the update there so please keep your eyes out for updates uh, we're super excited uh, tons of incredible stuff happening with the community and the project so always, always, always stay up to date on our Twitter. Um, Talking about the market, there's a lot that went right. There's a lot that's happening and there's a lot that went wrong. I haven't had the opportunity to talk about failed uh, transfers from Web2 to Web3 and there's not been a ton of talk about that either. Because everybody just feels like anything that happens in Web3 is a success. But how I like to look at things, I try to be realistic. If you don't learn from other people, you're going to make the same mistakes. So here's an example of what could go wrong in Web3 and how people that don't understand Web3 actually get wrecked. So if anybody's kept an eye on the Porsche collection, so Porsche launched its NFT collection of 1,800 NFTs. And you would, if I tell you that Porsche launched a collection, you would automatically assume like, well, that collection would have minted out in like five minutes, right? I w- I would think the same. But what really ended up happening with that collection was they didn't even get close to minting out for hours and days, and out of like necessity, they had to cut down their supply, like completely burn like part of the supply to try to mint out and then they had to reduce the price i believe so what went wrong porsche is an amazing brand they have a lot of respect in the car community so launching an nft collection their nfts looked okay they weren't groundbreaking but they weren't horrible either i heard stories about the game of thrones nfts which were horrible i heard um so that's a different story so nothing could have gone wrong here but it did go wrong So something to learn. So we're in the inside. I call us on the inside. If you're here listening to this, if you're here with our partner projects, you know you're a quality Web3 person because you've seen the worst and you've seen the best. So anything that is out of the unusual, you all you're gonna just your spider sense is gonna go off on that. So what happened here is people on Twitter had some interesting feedback for Portia. And some of the things that people were saying, that Porsche was tone deaf, they felt like this project was a cash grab. And that got me thinking, and I got digging into this, like, why are they saying these things? Turns out that this project did not have a Discord, they did no Twitter spaces, no engagement with the community, no marketing, no discussions around the utility or anything, or any sort of even... Understanding what the Web3 ecosystem stands for, the ethos of the ecosystem, and they just showed up and thought that they could just sell NFTs to people and make money because that's what it felt like with their approach. And clearly they failed miserably. On their perspective, they blame the market. But guess what? I'm going to dive deeper into the NFT market report here in a second after this, and I'm going to show you that that's not the reason. NFT markets are booming and that is actually one of the reasons why ethereum right now is deflationary and what do you mind what do you mean by deflationary ethereum is actually more ethereum is getting burnt than is being created so the supply of ethereum is actually dropping and a solid 10 to 15 percent of it is because of nfts right now so sorry to say porsche that that wasn't the market it was just the crappy marketing or strategy around Web3 or having no strategy around Web3. So why is this first news item that I'm sharing with you guys? Why am I starting with this? The purpose behind this is twofolded. one. If you're here, you should applaud yourself because you understand the ethos of Web3. You understand the value of community. You understand the value of showing up and being transparent. None of the things that the project did. You just cannot rely on an existing brand. Knowing that, Hey, guess what? I have this huge car company that people know about. Obviously they want it. So I'm just going to make a digital version and sell it to people. That's not how it works. This is a completely new way of thinking. This is bringing people together. This is bringing communities together. This is standing for something you believe in. And if you don't do any of that, it's not going to work out. So second piece was around that line. If you're here, you should be proud. And if you're seeing these red flags, you should see that if there's a project out there that tries to pull off something like this, stay away. There's no future. And you know those red flags, so you can help your friends kind of protect themselves, too, from cash grabs. So that's why I shared this piece. Very important to talk about failures as well. I don't know why people shy away from those things. Not everything always has to be rainbows and sunshine. Not everything is positive. Things go wrong. And that is how we improve as humans. We, we look at other people's mistakes and see how we don't repeat them. Um, talking about, I'm going to switch topics here uh, real quick because this is the section where I talk about CDBCs. So central bank digital currencies, if you don't know what those are, these are digital versions of government issues currencies. So there's a trend that's going on all over the world where different governments are testing out the digital versions of their currencies. Um, So are they going to run on blockchain? Are they not going to run on blockchain? Are they going to protect my privacy? Are they not going to protect my privacy? Are they going to be centralized? They're going to be decentralized? A lot of questions. And I understand it's complicated. But what I try to do in this CBDC section is I try to take a few countries every week, talk a little bit about what's going on, We've so far talked about China, India, Brazil, a few European countries. America is like U.S. is working on a CDBC. Um, I think we haven't talked about Canada yet because they clear, they haven't released anything tangible so far that we can talk about. But we'll cover that soon. A lot of uh, stuff happening in the Latin American region as well, um, in the Middle Eastern region as well. Today, we're going to start off with uh, the Saudi Central Bank. So the Saudi Central Bank, also known as Sama, is ramping up its research in CDBC. So basically what they're doing is they're, they're doing proof of concepts. And they haven't released a ton of information around this, but it was interesting to get some news from the Saudi central bank, because I I had a feeling that there's something happening there, but they, they're not talking about it. Uh, so they're saying it's an early development and they can't release information as to what platform they're choosing. So I'm going to keep an eye on this and hopefully in the next two or three quarters, we can get something tangible out of it. So it, my hunch was right. There is movement in the CBDC ecosystem in, um, the Saudi central bank. So that's interesting to see. Hopefully it's a partnership with the blockchain ecosystem and it is decentralized, but we don't know yet. So nothing can be said. But what we can say for certain is we're going to go to Europe right now and Norway, which again, population wise, not that big of a deal, but innovation wise, a huge deal because what's happening there is in September 2022. Norga's bank uh, released some open source code that they wrote up in Ethereum. So you're going to ask me like, all right, Reiki, why is this important? Why are you sharing all this crap news? Problem is mainstream media and crypto media is not going to tell you about this stuff because this is not the sexy stuff. This is not Bitcoin going up 15% and everybody putting out those uh, moon boy pictures you see on YouTube, right? The thumbnails. This is stuff that I need you to focus on. This is what's important. This is what's going to change your perspective on this industry. And this is what I want to drill into everybody's minds that CBDC development is essential to follow. Why? Because it's going to define the future of crypto. It's not going to overtake crypto. It's most probably going to complement crypto, but how it's implemented by governments and each government plays a huge role. So how it's implemented is either going to boost the crypto adoption or it's going to slow it down. So if it slows it down in one place, other countries are going to pick up the slack. So if you notice what happened with Bitcoin mining, when China banned Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin did drop for a couple weeks. And then eventually, what happened to the hash power? All of those miners just migrated to nearby countries. The same thing is going to happen with crypto adoption. If one country says, I know there's some news coming out of India where the Reserve Bank chair is saying that crypto is bad for the economy and they can't control the monetary supply and the liquidity if people start putting money into Bitcoin. And I'm like, you're starting to sound a lot like people I don't like that are all about control. I do understand their concern. I see where they're coming from. But at the same time, we are slowly as humanity moving away from a control system to a decentralized system. We're already looking at decentralized communities. Money is being decentralized. Everything's being decentralized. So there's the shift. If you don't understand the shift, if you don't get with the trend, you're going to get left out. I bring this analogy a lot of times. If you, if you want to do some research into the car industry, England was actually the pioneer when it came to car manufacturing in the 1800s when the Industrial Revolution was happening. But then some really crappy laws were passed by the lobbyists that really didn't like cars because they had their horse carts, right? So those regulations drove the innovation out of England and moved them to the US. And that's where Ford was. And literally, US became the center of automotive innovation same thing is going to happen with crypto countries that drive it away with their cdbc rules things like that they're going to lose out on this innovation and the gains that come to the country through that countries that adapt to it they're going to do great some short-term benefits that you've seen so far if you remember el salvador their president Nayib Bukele, he did basically create a volcano bond So that bond was basically off of Bitcoin mining that was being done by the energy from volcanoes in El Salvador. The, um, uh, I think it was the World Reserve. I think uh, the World Bank basically issued a warning to them, saying that this is extremely unsafe and they're going to withdraw their help to them. But guess what happened? they just had one of the best returns that they promised on their bonds literally a few weeks ago. And that was all because of that huge pump that Bitcoin saw. And guess what? That's good for their people. A lot of people that were unbanked are now banked. And people are starting to see more and more that the existing monetary system is just the largest Ponzi scheme that you'll ever see in your life. And the only way to keep it running is to have enough people believe in it And that's why the World Bank is losing control, because they're noticing that, hey, there's an option out there for people to hedge against everything that's going on in the world, which is just incredible debasement of global currencies. Every currency in the world is losing value like crazy. And for those that think, oh, well, my currency is doing better. Well, it's not doing better. It's over a period of time when you look at any currency, and I'm saying any currency in the world, if you look at the graph of any currency, it is in a declining pattern. It's obvious. So if your currency is doing great, like I know US dollars at the top, um, the euro is doing okay. But the reality is against each other, some currencies might be doing good. But in a not in a unbiased perspective, in an individual perspective, every currency is getting debased and the money printing is not going to stop. That's how they keep the debt ceiling rising. That's how they keep paying for things. And just, it's incredible. So a little bit of digression there, but that context was important as to why I share these news items every week, because this is what I need our community members and people that listen to this outside of our community to focus on, because these are what things you need to educate yourself about. So coming back to Norway's CBDC, um, in September, 2022, this bank released some open source code that they had worked on, on Ethereum. So uh, nothing to get too excited here. I honestly, I was very excited when I read that and I went into the details of this uh, news article. And the reality is that what they worked on was a private version of Ethereum, which is called Hyperledger so it's still a closed blockchain but it's really good that they are playing around with blockchain technology so it, it makes sense that they're not on ethereum yet because maybe they don't want their data a test data to be public so that their competition doesn't know i don't know i don't know that conversations behind the closed doors but i can just speculate uh but they did publish their code base on github which made which made it promising, which means they do want to collaborate and work with other people on this because I think the way to innovation is collaboration. And I do expect a lot of banks to work together in ensuring that, they, that they're they pushing out the best content for their people. Well, you can hope. But again, at the end of the day, it's all about profits for banks. So I would be naive to say that's It's all altruistic, but uh, some of the things that they have tested and they talked about was they enabled minting on those smart contracts. They enabled burning, and they also enabled transferring of ERC-20 tokens. So a CBDC could honestly be an ERC-20 token. I know Vitalik has talked about it multiple times that Ethereum is going to be the settlement layer of the internet. That is the grand vision of it. I do understand that and it's getting there slowly with the layer two adoption that I talked about last week and the Shanghai upgrade that is coming in Q1 here shortly. So things are moving in the right direction for Ethereum. So we are here in the Ethereum ecosystem with the MetaLeon Society and a lot of our partner projects are on Ethereum. So we are part of this growth. So it's just a whirlwind of growth that is happening. And this is an exciting time to be here. So. Kudos to you. If you're here, you've been here through the bear market because, yes, prices can take a toll on you. But what's exciting is knowing that all these developments are happening. Now we're going to move away from Europe for a little bit uh, and we're going to go into China. So the digital, digital Yuan, we talked about it last week. Uh, I have another interesting update from the digital yuan. So the government is getting really restless when it comes to adoption. So they really want their people to be using this thing, knowing China and the government there, I, I'm not super excited about their push for this innovation because clearly the intention there is not to bring freedom to its people. It's to bring more surveillance and to be able to track people's money because that's the last thing that they need to track. So why not? Um, What's happening there, though, is very interesting. They are putting in some upgrades for their digital uh, yuan, and those upgrades are related to smart contracts. And what those smart contracts can do is they're enabling people to buy securities, so like stocks and bonds um investment opportunities through the digital yuan something that wasn't possible up till now they're enabling that technology and they're also enabling integrations with uh retail industries so like you could buy stuff off of websites uh, through your phone there's an app the digital yuan itself has an app so they're building in-house functionalities within the app and also some food services so i I'm assuming those are like deliveries or like Uber Eats and stuff like that. So interesting stuff. Again, not a huge fan of how China's approaching its uh, CBDC. But again, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to learn. So if we keep a tab on what each country is doing and the regulations that are putting in place with their technology, the better positioned we are as to where this industry is heading. So this is what China's working on. So there you go. That's your CBDC news from all over the world. Um, next, um, something exciting coming out of Central Africa. Uh, this is related to regulation. Um, there is a 15 member committee that has been tasked on working on a legal framework. That's going to allow cryptocurrencies to operate in the Central African Republic region. And the, the, The expedited and and the whole purpose behind this is to expedite some of the national development around the national economy. So according to a translated version of the Twitter post, it looks like what's really happening here is... Uh, The Central African region and Central African Republic specifically is working on a a overhaul of their economy and they understand and they do lay, lay it out that they know that the future is digital. And they also understand that there needs to be good regulation put in place to not only protect investors and help innovation and bring some of that innovation into this region, but also to make sure that people are um, people are bringing in that innovation from all over the world. So incentives, like what would that look like? How would that partnership with the government look like? Private public partnership, things like that. So why is this piece important? Even though it's somewhere happening in another continent, the purpose is knowing that there is crypto is a global phenomenon world governments are keeping their eye on this this is the next phase of money this is the next phase of governments this is the next phase of power and we already know that in major countries like the united states crypto is a major talking point there was a bill and that bill was related to COVID relief that bill was stopped because of one clause that was snuck in there by some senator and that was related to crypto and that bill got stopped in the Senate for weeks because of that one statement which was going to make literally every person that like, either develops crypto or runs a node on something to basically become a uh, payment provider. So they have to act as a, as, as a dealer, which means you have to provide your KYC information. And everybody knows someone that runs a node or writes code, there's no way they know who's on the other side of the transaction. So we know that it was a huge deal here, but we now know that is it's a huge deal all across the world. Everybody's talking about this. Regulations are essential, and we know that. Um, that's kind of what I had on World uh, Crypto News uh, and CDBC News. Uh, last piece I wanted to end today with, and um, then we're going to open up the floor to questions, uh, is... NFT sales, I know I touched on this briefly when I started talking about Porsche and how they talked about the market not being good. Well, sadly, they were incorrect. There is a report that was put out by Dab Radar, which talked about NFT sales last year and comparing it to the year before. So an astounding amount of $101 million was generated in the NFT space just last year And that was a 67.57% increase from the year before. I'm going to say that number again, $101 million in the NFT space, which was up by almost 68% from the previous year. Now you're going to ask me like, well, wasn't last year a bear market? Absolutely. The year before, it wasn't actually that bad. So the fact that we made, We did more transactions and more revenue in in the NFT space last year during a bear market should tell you what you should expect this year. And why do I say this year? I want to bring perspective again on how the macroeconomic scene works. 2023 is going to be the year of recovery. I've been saying it since 2022. Now seeing some of the CPI data actually come down, I'm 100% certain that the fed is going to pivot in 2023 and now you're going to ask me what the fed pivot is so if you don't know the fed pivot is basically the federal reserve just saying that we're not going to increase interest rates anymore we're actually going to reduce interest rates so there's going to be a phase where we actually stop increasing interest rates and then after a while they're going to stop start reducing interest rates so that is going to kick off the next bull market because money's going to f- fall right into the market. People are going to go from risk off to risk on again. And that's when that NFT market is going to pick up again. We all know the cycles. If you've been around in this market, it's a cyclical thing. It happens every few years. If it's your first bear market and it was brutal, I am proud of you for being here. You will thank yourself in the next couple of years when you see these massive gains. It's not a promise. I never give financial advice. I would never talk about prices. You know me. I'm a, I'm a very simple, fundamental guy. I look at how things work and try to explain it as simple as possible so more and more people understand this and lose less money in this process. Because the problem with this industry is we've never seen anything this volatile ever. So when you get into this industry, it can get a little bit intimidating as to which coin to buy, what to sell, which NFT to sell. It all gets very convoluted, really fast so that you don't get overwhelmed with all this information. I do this on a weekly basis. So if you're here listening to us right now, live kudos, if you're not, and you're listening after again, take your time, get educated. that is the only way to succeed in this industry. Surround yourself with the right people and keep learning and keep pushing yourself and those around you that you love and support. Be it your project leaders, be it yourself, be it your friends and family. Honestly, anybody that you can educate about this industry, help them understand why it's important. And it's more than just them texting you, how do I buy Bitcoin when it's up 60%? That's not how you make it in this industry. So those friends that reach out to you during a bull market, actually sit down with them. And talk to them how buying during a bull market is the worst decision they can ever make. Maybe they'll thank you for the rest of their lives. And they'll probably stay in this industry because it's not just about making quick money and getting those Lambos because those guys will come around. The same people that said we're going to get Lambos are the same people that are calling crypto a scam. It's all cycles. It's the same people that do it over and over and over. So don't fall into that grow and learn and adapt and that's what we're here for if there's any questions you have feel free to reach out i personally do not claim to be an expert i will never tell you that i'm an expert but i can guarantee you one thing i am doing my very freaking best every day to stay up to date in this industry why because i'm deeply passionate about making sure that our leon family members and our partner community members they are up to date and they know what's important to listen to so that you don't get distracted by all those all those crazy influencers out there that push certain agendas and they don't really focus on what's really important which is adoption and infrastructure development i appreciate each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart for the support you've shown today and you keep showing every fucking week you guys are awesome and let's keep making web3 what it's meant to be love you all Have a wonderful night or day, given whatever time zone you're in. Catch you guys next week.